But before we can partake of our beers here, we need to say grace before beer. We, we need to pray over our beers. Hey, welcome to the Pints and Pews podcast. We're just two guys talking about the Catholic faith over a couple of pints of our favorite craft beers. So why don't you slide into the pew alongside us and listen in for a while. Hey buddy, how Thanks you doing? Oh, welcome. I think you should tell Robert people that we're probably recording most of this in the early early evening, late afternoon. We're not starting at like nine in the morning with these beers. So just as long as people, our listeners know that. But it's nine in the morning somewhere. <laughs> but, that's okay, but that's okay, right? It's five o'clock uh, somewhere. I love five that. It's five o'clock somewhere. No, but it, it, it has been a while, though, since we've, we've done one of these. Uh, I, between, I, I, I think it's been before Easter. It must be about six weeks now. It, it was before Easter because we rolled into to Holy Week and the busyness of all of that. And then... Right. Uh, and either one of us uh, in the, the weeks after Easter, for personal reasons, just couldn't get behind the microphone on right uh, on any given day. So, you know, here we are. It's, and you were sick for a little while. And I, I was sick. And Ellie yeah. are better. Yeah, uh, I was ill. So just kind of put us back a little bit on, on getting these out, getting behind the microphone. Uh, but more to talk about now and then for, you know, since we've had all this build up, correct? Exactly. Exactly. And in many ways, and we, we should get started with, with what we're drinking because in many ways it's putting an end uh, to our fast. I mean, you fasted from beer for Lent. That's right. And, and I know because we're into the fourth or fifth week of Easter now, uh, you, you have broken your fast. Correct. Joyfully. And I've made up for the, I made up in post Post Easter, I've made up for the lack of. No, I haven't. But, no. but there, but there was much rejoicing uh, in, in that, and I had to fast a little bit from again while I while I wasn't feeling very well. So not only you, we fasted from being behind the microphone, we fasted from from the beer, right? Uh, which is a good thing because I find it brings more enjoyment that way. And see, okay, I'll let you pour yours first. Yes, I'm going to pour a good one this time. We're going back to my roots of actually bartending and not not too much head here. So I've got a nice, well, you don't want me to take a sip right away. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. I want you to wait because I've got a special surprise for you here today. Okay, because it's very difficult to pour that perfect beer. And do you see that beer? Can you read that country of origin? Tonya from Nicaragua. I don't think I've ever had a Nicaraguan beer. Okay, before. absolutely, and it was my okay. birthday last week, and um, this uh, our good friend, a Serbian, uh, good friend of ours, Ivan, brought me a few beers for my birthday, and he picked these up at the LCBO, and it came from Nicaragua, which I've never had as well, so I'm looking forward to it. Now, what do you have? And, and that's an, a nice, light-looking beer, so here, yes. I'll get mine going. 4.6%, so just below uh, full strength there. Okay. And, and so I see, here we'll uh, see. does that look like an old flame? It's not an old flame. It's from Peterborough, which isn't too, too far from here. No, uh, that's not far at all. So it's a, a coffee good. hazelnut stout and also 4.6 from, and what's the name of the brewery on here? The, the Publican House Brewery, which is in Peterborough, nice. Ontario. I, I would have picked out a stout just by the color of that beer. Just hold that up a, 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 a tinge there. Yeah, 
Yep. That looks like a Guinness from a distance. Yeah. Sure. So it's you know, completely different from the one that you, you've you got on the go. Mm-hmm. But it's been cold and gray the last few days. It has. Uh, so I, I thought a stout was in order. Uh, and again, my local here in Port Perry, they do through the winter a beautiful coffee stout. So when I saw this coffee hazelnut stout, I thought, yeah, we'll give, we'll give that a go. And we'll see how it goes. But again, I've kept you waiting and, and yes. I know you're, I'm looking forward to the first as well. But before we can partake of our beers here, we need to say grace before beer. We, we need to pray over our beers here. And I was surprised uh, a month or so ago while I was reading um, the beer option by our Jared Stout. Uh, there is an official roman catholic blessing for beer so we'll say now grace before beer and and ask for the lord's blessing on our beer again neither one of us is an ordained priest so it's not an official blessing but it is a a prayer before having our beer bless O lord this creature beer which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health in body and peace in soul. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's a beautiful prayer, prayer Robert. We need to say that next time. This, If this lockdown ever ends here in, in Ontario, we will say that first chance we get to go to a pub mm. together the good lord willing exactly god willing now i, I have here the the latin version as well but my <laughs> latin my latin pronunciation is, is a little to be desired so yeah i think we'll stick to the english my latin grade nine latin i didn't do too well in that of course yeah, at least you have grade nine latin but no again it's i think it's important that we pray over our beer the same way that we would say grace before mm-hmm. before meals right you know because Beer is a, it's a gift from God. Yeah. Right. Like all good things come from God. All good things come from God's great creation. You know, it comes from the, the bounty of his creation. Um, and again, in, in our local here in Port Perry, uh, they have a, a poster up in there and say, you know, you know, beer proof that God wants us to be happy. But, but I guess you can say like, beer proof that God wants us to be happy. But, but obviously the beer's, to be consumed in moderation for yes. us to be happy. And, uh, and that's why we don't go past two beers a show. Exactly. I mean, I, I, when I say I always think of my dad growing up, my dad would always say, you know, drink in moderation, one at a time. Um, just never said when he was going to end. And just kind of before we move on is, uh, again, thinking of these these proverbs and, you know, that beer, it's proof that God wants us to be happy. Again, uh, an old German proverb I've come across before as well is, you know, when you drink beer, you fall asleep. When you fall asleep, you don't sin. When you don't sin, you go to heaven. So therefore, drink beer and go to heaven. I like that. Right. Um, few steps it, in between, but for the most part, that's the gist of it. Pretty much, but but again, if you're drinking so much beer that you're you're falling asleep, maybe you're you're not approaching it in the the right way, right in the true um, manner. Yeah. 
And we spoke uh, about that, I think, a couple of shows ago, too, Robert, how many of these generations in these villages in Europe, you know, the safe thing was the beer as opposed to the water. You wouldn't touch that, right? So generations of family had this beautiful beer. The, the monasteries you spoke about that you visited in Europe as well. Like, I mean, exactly. exactly. Beer is a way of life, right? Oh, it, it, exactly. Uh, it's very much a, a way of life. And it really is a part of the culture. And yeah. in many ways, it helps interweave the faith with the culture. Because whether it's, like you just said, the beers in the monasteries or, you know, the, the vineyards uh, and some of the, the liqueurs also made from the, the monasteries. And a lot of the festivals in Europe are based on our Catholic traditions. Okay. Most of the festivals in the, the local towns are based on the local saint. And there really is an interconnectedness. And there's a respect for it. And there's, there, there's just that bringing together of community so that both the faith and the drink brings the community together. Now, I'm making that uh, seem like a, a perfect world. Yes, there, there's overindulgence everywhere. Yeah. Uh, we can't ignore that. Um, but I think it's beautiful when you're able to, uh, and I would say stumble across some of these local festivals, not the, the big ones in the big cities that draw all of the tourists, but when you're able to be in one of the small village and you happen to be there at their, their feast day, and you can really see this interconnectedness of faith, culture, and community. And, and it really is a beautiful thing. And it, and it makes you realize the, the tradition that goes into all of that and, and the interconnectedness of it all. Yeah, and still happening to this day. I was just watching Rick Steves Europe there, uh, and he was in Siena. And the same thing, all these different families getting together before this beautiful meal, drink. And offering it up to the Virgin Mary, their beautiful horse race that they do in the piazza of this town in uh, in, in Siena. And it, it was great. And all these different families and these different, you know, going back generations, continuing this. You don't have anything like that here in North America, do we, Robert, to that extent? Not, not to that extent. Uh, I think maybe you might see it a little bit more along the East Coast or the Eastern Seaboard uh, in that there's a little bit more of the European tradition. Mm -hmm. along there maybe uh, the catholic in in quebec as well you might see that as yeah. well too right yeah yeah but again it, it comes back to the tradition and the history right and, and you're looking at centuries of history right Absolutely. millennia of millennia. history yes right where here in north america you, you mentioned quebec and quebec city i believe was founded in 1609 uh, or, or thereabouts. So really quite young when you compare it to the other other traditions. Here in Ontario, we're still in pandemic lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult to, to go out uh, and do anything uh, because all the usual social places are closed and i wanted to to talk a little bit right now just kind of about the role of our priests during this pandemic like everyone else their their, their role has drastically shifted the things that they're called upon to do are drastically different from mm -hmm. the vocations they thought they were being called to 
10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when they, they were ordained. Um, I mean, the, the biggest one is, is right now, for example, here in Ontario, our corner of the world, there are no more public masses. Right. Right. Which is kind of the main part of the priest's vocation is mm -hmm. to pray the mass with his congregation, most notably on Sundays, but also daily through the week. But those aren't aren't happening right now. So you have to wonder, you know, what are the priests doing to help maintain the sacramental life of their congregations? Uh, a lot of them are live streaming. They're, they're doing a private yeah. mass and live streaming that. And we've spoken about that before, and that's good. And I think it's 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 good. I mean, we talked about how we enjoy listening to Cardinal Collins, but I yeah. also think it's fantastic that local parish priests are doing the same because the the sheep want to hear the voice right. of the pastor that that they're used to. Are you live streaming at your church, uh, Robert? I know we are. Father Chris and Father Raymond are live streaming. Yeah, here. and Father Keith is live streaming. I don't think he's doing it daily. Okay. But for sure, the Sunday Mass. The Sunday Mass, yeah. The Sunday Mass is, is put out there. And then he posted on where? Uh, YouTube and through Facebook. Okay, good. Yeah, we do YouTube. I wasn't getting Facebook because I don't have Facebook. So I'm glad it's on YouTube. I just pop on a YouTube and get it. Yeah, you're better off without Facebook, but that's a discussion and then, another day. Yeah, and then Father Keith has certainly been, you know, helping you out. Uh, yeah, well. and so, uh, I mean, he does the, the masses on Sunday. Uh, he also does on Saturday a rosary and a devotion to St. Joseph because we're in the year of St. Joseph. But as you alluded to at the beginning uh, here, uh, was quite ill for for a few weeks. And Father Keith, who's actually new to our parish, he only came to the parish in January. So he's just getting to know the congregation, just kind of getting his, his feel for uh, the parish. And of course, everything's all upside down right now. He came from my parish, which is kind of he, cool. yeah, he so, my parish and then over your parish. Who would have thunk it? But go yeah, on. Exactly. Uh, and so he's had to deal with this transition and, you know, good on him. Within this time of, of lockdown and we have mass, we're not having mass. Uh, he's really done his best to keep the traditions alive that were happening in the parish. Uh, it's slowly starting to change as, as again, the world changes. Um, but one of the things that that he's done for us, especially in the, the our time of illness, he brought the sacraments to us. When we couldn't leave our house, mm -hmm. Father Keith brought the sacraments to us. Uh, anointing of the sick. Uh, he, he brought the chrism oils to us, and he prayed the sacrament of the anointing of the sick. He's standing out in the rain. Uh, pouring rain, and he's saying the prayers and giving us the blessing while we're standing in the in the front window. Uh, he did the sacrament of confession for us through through Zoom, actually of of all things. And he said, you know, normally it's supposed to be yes in person, and in these times, Zoom is as in person uh, as we can have. And uh, he said, kind of like through the window, or he's out in the car, and this, that that doesn't necessarily work. But this way, he was able to hear properly confession. And, and he also brought us on the Sunday when we couldn't get to, out to the church for the communion service. Uh, he brought the Eucharist to us. And again, getting out of his car in the pouring rain. And we're standing there at the window so we can see. So he's left the Eucharist at our front door. 
and we were able to go and retrieve it as soon as he had gotten back into his car. So it wasn't like he was leaving the Eucharist on our front step, not knowing if we were home or not. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't think any priest in, in good conscience would do something like that. Yeah. Um, but he was bringing the sacraments to us. And also too, I've noticed he's actually has this listed in the bulletin, you know, in our parish bulletin, which is on the website and there's paper copies there for those who, who get to the communion service or to, to private prayer. Uh, and it's also posted on the parish doors for everyone to see. He has listed if you would like to receive any of the sacraments, but are unable to get to the church yourself. So here is the parish phone number. Here is the parish email address. And here is his personal email address. To contact him to make arrangements. And I thought this was important. Um, and, and reflecting on this, not this past Sunday, but the Sunday before, uh, on Good Shepherd Sunday. And you know, kind of when we think of the Good Shepherd, we always think of the, the reading, you know, the Good Shepherd will leave the 99 to go save the one. Mm -hmm. and, and this is really what i was seeing happen that and, this and there's pastor, a lot of priests like you say a lot of priests are doing that now eh, Robert? they've stepped up that, and i yeah. certainly know that our priests have put that together as well and you know they're doing a lot of things and a lot of outreach that they wouldn't have done before and i do really like the zoom confession i'm just thinking you know if you've you know you got something on you you know that you've got to get off and you've got to confess if you've got bad internet connection as well you know if it's glitching and dragging there, you there, there you go <laughs> and maybe he doesn't hear everything but you get absolution and of course we're, uh, we're and, just and, and, and the good thing with the zoom is is even if father's the one who sent the link and, and i don't I, yeah. and i know no priest would ever do this i know it would never ever ever happen right but at least both people see the little red dot up in the corner if the Zoom is being recorded. recorded of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, I know, I know without fail that no priest would ever record a confession That's because amazing. that would mean their whole ministry. If the, anything like that were ever to get you know out. What? The thing about uh, our priest who, who took over from Father Keith was Father Chris and Father Chris was the vocations director. And this was his first parish. Imagine coming into that. You're coming into a pandemic and COVID and you've got to, you know, juggle all the things and do all the things that, uh, you know, you know, a parish priest does, but you've got to do them. Like you say, you've got to shift them in a different way. So I think there's, yeah, they've done an amazing job and, you know, yeah. please God will be, be back to, uh, Back to normal very shortly. Yeah, and you and you would think kind of like, well, their their life must be easier because they don't have to say all those Sunday masses anymore, and they don't have to say daily mass, so it frees up their day from. If anything, again, because of the situation, and because of their calling as shepherds, they're probably busier. Oh, and don't don't forget, we're doing a ten minute communion services from ten till about three or four on Sunday. So really, in effect, it's almost busier for them. Plus, this Sunday, Father Chris and Father Raymond, they're doing a drive by blessing for mothers on Sunday for three different hour sessions. So it's not like you're right. It's not like they're sitting. They're saying, "Oh, this is great." They're they're making you know they're taking different um, avenues to get the, to keep the faith up with the people. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm very impressed. We're lucky in, in the archdiocese in that respect, at uh, least exactly. both of us. Yeah, and very, I'm sure very, many very other parishes are doing the same thing.
Yeah, very, very blessed. And I would invite any of our listeners, if they have stories like, like this, of what their parish priests are doing above and beyond the, the call of their ordination, to you know, drop a line in the comments or to, to let us know in the comments on the Facebook page, too. Because I would love to hear what these stories are. And I would love to even share some of those stories in a, a future episode. So, you know, if you have that would stories be great. like that. Absolutely. It, we could have stories at the beginning. I like that idea. And now you have a story of a priest stepping up as well. Uh, and this was at the beginning that was uh, of the whole pandemic. Ago. And, and I had forgotten about that, Robert. It's it, funny you just mentioned that. And I can't even remember. It was with my, um, had to do with my wife, who, who's a nurse at one of the local hospitals. And it was a, was it the priest that came in or the brother from a local religious order uh, sent from the infirmary? He was quite sick. And uh, one of his brother priests or came out to basically be with him, spend the night with him for most nights at the hospital. Correct. Yeah. Like yeah. And what had happened. Uh, so in our region and, and you live much closer to it, there's a, uh, a Jesuit retreat house called Manresa and adjoined to the Manresa retreat house. There is the René Goupy nursing home for Jesuits. So it's, you know, for, Jesuit priests who are quite advanced in years and unable to live on their own and look after themselves. Mm -hmm. And when this pandemic started, the the COVID ripped through that nursing home. Yeah, it ripped through all the nursing homes. Ripped through, ripped through all the yeah. nursing homes, and, 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 and including the the Jesuit priests. Right. And so, like you were just saying, I guess there were you know, some of these priests ended up in your wife's hospital. On their the floor, ICU. Yeah. No, it wasn't ICU. No, it, I don't think it had got. He might have gone there, or he'd come from there. But she's on a regular floor. But yeah, uh -huh. she had dealt with him, or maybe he wasn't just. He was just good enough not to. And I don't even know how that ended. I can't remember. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that the the priest who was ill passed away. Because I, I I remember being so moved by the story and that. Um, he might have. I think he recovered well enough to go to go home and then he might've passed away. I should check that out. I it's been a year and my memory is not what it used to be, but yeah, it was a beautiful story of, of, I guess, brother priests looking out for each other, Look, being there in the time that. of need. And I don't think you were allowed. That was before they allowed, I think they stopped allowing visitors into the hospital. I think he was given, was he given special permission because there was no family or, um, I probably told you at the time. And, yeah, uh, yeah, it's something along those lines. And I just remember you sharing that, you know, and I know that I know of Father Bert. I'd met him a couple of times. Yeah, you and, and there he is in, in the full uh, PPE hazmat suit. And, and he's going in to the COVID floor to sit with his with his brother priest. Right. And, and be with him in his, in his time of need. And again, that's just showing these priests going above and beyond the vocation that they've been called to and, and, and the love of Christ working through them. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely beautiful when my wife was telling me about that selflessness of him just to, and staying the night. It's not like he was visiting for a couple hours. He wanted to be overnight while he was, you know, at his worst, if you will. 
Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, again, it's just absolutely beautiful. And like I said, I remember when you shared that with me originally, it, it did bring tears to my eyes because it was just uh, so absolutely beautiful. And so wanted to talk a little bit or, or ask you as well this weekend, Mother's Day. Mother's Day. I, 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 okay, what do we I, do? Ho- I, I hope you hit it out of the park. No, I, you know what? First of all, Mother's Day, I always think, obviously, it's more about our mothers, right? Robert, and of course, yes. my mother has passed away for six years and the one who instilled the faith in me. And I, I thank God for my mother and I, I miss her every day too. And we obviously, you know, as we get older, these things, these, the deaths of our parents are, are inevitable. But yeah, she was a woman of great faith. And, um, and I, I think now, as you get older and you appreciate that, you realize if not for that, you know, little bit of wisdom and little bit of um, faith, uh, just a model of faith that she, I grew up with and stuff like that. I was very blessed. But uh, obviously, I won't be able to bring her flowers, but I hope you've sent your mother flowers or planning to drop by this weekend. I, I think actually my mom's planning to, to come by our oh, place perfect. this weekend. Uh, on Sunday afternoon, because Sunday here again is supposed to be quite nice. So okay. yeah, do have something a little bit planned planned for her. Okay, but, and uh, then of course I'll get the regular flowers and and card. I've already picked up the card flowers, maybe some chocolate for Paula. But I really think it's incumbent upon the children to make that more of an effort for their mother. And uh, obviously, with well, especially with now them, that our children yeah. are getting older, like they're all teenagers or older. So really they, they should be picking up the, the slack for that. But you know what? I would like to go, I tell you, I would have not like nothing more to maybe go out for dinner either, either tomorrow or the mother's day and stuff. But obviously we can't do any of that now because that's been ixnate for a little, a couple more weeks anyhow. Yeah. yeah and while you're saying that our favorite, uh, Catholic Italian restaurant in Whitby is offering oh, of a Mother's Day brunch or Mother's Day dinner. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Pick up. Um, I was there just this past week, and I and again, uh, we need to be supporting all of the small independent local places right now. But if they're people of faith, you know, maybe that's a little more, bit more of a connection. Yes. <laughs> These are the things that we do for our earthly families. These are the things that we do for our earthly moms, and like you said. Uh, Generally, it is our mothers who are the first ones to to teach us the faith, to to bring us to the faith, to to make sure that you know we were getting to church on Sundays, making sure that we were being catechized to a certain degree, um, mm-hmm. learning things about the faith. But here's a question for you: What are you doing for your spiritual mother? What are you doing yeah. for Mother Mary? And you were you were you had mentioned that a couple of days ago, just at the beginning of um, the beginning of May, obviously Robert with the month of Mary, and I had received that email just as you mentioned. I mean, I received the email. I think it was today about a good friend of ours, someone who we um, are, are obviously every time she speaks or gives a talk or retreat. Uh, we're always very impressed with uh, Josephine Lombardi and she has a movie out next week. That is, she took a sabbatical for a year and she is presenting a movie on Mary on her, uh, I think it's on her web- YouTube channel, but I think it's on her, it's being presented on her website next Thursday. So I don't want, know what that means. If you would just click into her website and it would be on there. What would, I, I, I believe so. Uh, and what we can do is 
uh, we'll put Dr. Lombardi, we'll put Josephine's uh, website into the show notes so that people can surf by, can swing by and uh, check out what's what's there. Uh, again, she has some of her talks there. She has this movie premiere uh, that's going to be there. Uh, yeah, so she was working on a movie during uh, of Mary uh, for her during her sabbatical, which I yeah. thought was kind of. And, and if people have never heard her speak, I, I would highly encourage them um, to do this. Right, and, professor and, of systematic theology. Yes, systematic theology at the um, seminary in in Toronto in Scarborough. No, and, and the reason why I ask this is, you know, as Pope Francis put out there at the beginning of May, he put put out a challenge. Uh, his challenge to the faithful was to pray a rosary a day, which I think a large part of Catholics know what the rosary is. They can recognize a rosary. But how many of them actually know how to pray the rosary and even then if they know how to pray the rosary how many of us are actually praying it on a regular basis on a daily basis so i think that the challenge is is a fantastic one uh, to pray the rosary a day uh, the rosary uh, take the name comes from roses is like giving a bouquet of roses to our lady in prayer uh, and I know there's some people, oh, the rosary, it's just repetitive prayer, and, and it's praying to Mary when really we should be uh, praying to, to Christ and to God the Father. Uh, on the cornerstone of our parish here, Immaculate Conception Parish, there's the phrase, uh, Ad Jesu per Mariam, to Jesus through Mary. Mm. And when you're meditating on the rosary properly, you're actually meditating upon the life of Christ. Right? The, the 20 mysteries uh, in the rosary all point towards Christ. Now, my question to the Holy Father, not that I get a chance to talk to, to Pope Francis uh, or ask him these questions directly, but my question to him would be, well, what challenge could we put then for people who are already praying the rosary? Right, day? Right. So, so kind of what other gift can you give our Heavenly Mother as opposed to praying the rosary? If you're already doing that, not as opposed to praying the rosary, but in addition to praying the rosary. And, and a couple of things that kind of jumped to, to my mind, and you might have some other ideas too. Um, you know, how many Catholics pray the Angelus on a daily basis? I have an alarm set on my phone that goes off at noon to remind me to stop and pray the Angelus. Two minutes. Right, two, 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 five tops, five minutes tops. Um, I think there's four two line ver verses and three Hail Marys with, with praying the angels. So it, it doesn't take that long, but it forces you to stop and think of our mother and, and think of the incarnation as really the Angelus goes through the story of the Annunciation. It's really the story of the incarnation of our, our Lord. Um, Another. There's another option, yeah, and and you had another one, Robert. Uh, another one that a couple more that again, just for for those who are looking to to step up, thinking about Mary through me, uh, is to pray the litany of Our Lady on a daily basis. Uh, and there's a litany of the the, the titles of Mary, the, the titles that the Church has given to Mary, and after each one, you would pray 
pray for us. Our, Our Lady of Good Counsel, pray for us. Our Lady Star of the Sea, pray for us. Our Lady Seat of Wisdom, pray for us. And again, I don't know if that's the order. I don't have it out in front of me right now. Um, but it's just a beautiful way to re- be reminded of all of the different ways that Mary nurtures our spiritual faith. Uh, and, and another one that can be done, and I know a number of people have done, uh, is the consecration to Our Lady. So there's uh, St. Louis de Montfort's uh, total consecration to Mary, uh, which I would, it's a classic, and I, and I would suggest reading. Or there's also uh, Father Michael Gately's 33 Days to Morning Glory, which looks at St. Louis de Montfort, also looks at St. John Paul the Great, uh, St. Maximilian Kolbe, and St. Teresa of Calcutta. And again, there's just short readings every day five to 10 minutes reading every day for 33 days at the end of which you pray a special prayer of consecration to Our Lady. And the beautiful thing of of what Father Michael Gately has done is he has a calendar so that it will give you a start date so that you can end and pray your consecration on a special Marian feast day. So if you wanted to make your your consecration to Mary and it would be a little late for that this year like on the the 13th of May for the first apparition at Fatima you would start on a certain date if you're looking at uh, the the feast of the Assumption of Our Lady in August it would give you a start date for the feast of the Immaculate Conception it would give you a start date uh, so I, I think these are just beautiful ways yeah, you, you've given us a couple of options there for sure Robert and and maybe the listeners would you know, hopefully take advantage of that. And I think if, you, if you're not going to, you know, maybe play the rosary, they, then at least maybe a decade of the day, maybe, you know, 15 to 15 minutes is a lot for a lot of busy people, but certainly every, like you say, your Angelus was what, two to five minutes. Certainly yeah. a decade of the rosary wouldn't even take that long. Uh, yeah. Her film is called, I, I just grabbed that up. There is the first lady and her successors, a film project about Mary and women. The film follows Mary's biblical journey beginning in the book of Genesis and concluding with the book of Revelation. Along the way, she interviews nine amazing women who share their personal experiences and journey with Mary. I think that's a great way to spend next Thursday at 7 p.m. to uh, check that out. So I'll send that to you if you don't have that and you can put that up. Yeah, if you, if you have the link there, send that along yeah. and, we'll, and we'll put that into to the show notes. We'll I'm, not, I'm, I'm non-social media. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed your pint and the conversation just as much as we did. And we look forward to chatting again next time over a pint or two.